up, everybody? Welcome into Lockdown Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, December 23rd, 2020. Thank you for tuning in today. Just a quick heads up, a programming note, if you will. The next podcast is scheduled to come out December 25th. That is Christmas. I love recording these, but I will not be doing a show on Christmas or Christmas Eve or throughout the next several days. This will be the final show of this week, and I will be on vacation by the time you're listening to this. I appreciate the people who have continued to listen to this. I'll I'll go through all that sappy stuff at the very end. Let's just jump right in to the show. Today's show, I'm going to do something a little bit fun. It's the Christmas episode, a very special Locked on Tigers, and we're going to be having a little bit of fun doing a naughty and nice list for Major League Baseball in 2020. But first off, I want to start off with with some news that broke on Monday night, I believe, and that was Howie Kendrick, a former second baseman for the Angels and the Dodgers and the Washington Nationals, officially called it quits after 15 years in the major leagues. Great career. Great career will probably be on the Hall of Fame ballot. Won't obviously make it to the Hall of Fame. He did not have that great a career, but but made an all-star team, I believe, when he was with the Angels. Very good player, but I, I think also an important lesson because this was a guy that was essentially an afterthought, and no one really wanted him. Had some kind of rough years with the Dodgers. It was the Washington Nationals who took a flyer out on him, and this man is responsible for, and this is fact. I mean, I, I, I can't think of anyone who would deny this. The two biggest hits in the history of the Washington Nationals, the grand slam off of Joe Kelly in Game 5 in extra innings of the NLDS in 2019, and then a few rounds later, the two-run home run off of Will Harris and off of the foul pole to right field at Minute Maid Park to put the Nationals in front in Game 7 of the World Series, where they would go on to win. He was also MVP of the 2019 National League Championship Series, and a really good player, by all accounts, a a very good teammate as well, seemed to really get along with that Nationals team, which had such great chemistry in 2019. Good player, wish him the best, but also a good lesson to a lot of teams out there, which is don't be afraid to take flyers out on guys, especially guys who might be close to retirement that can still hit, you know, low risk, high reward, and you don't get a much higher reward than NLCS MVP and World Series hero. Howie Kendrick, a great, great career. The Nationals won the World Series in 2019 because of Strasburg and Scherzer and Soto and Rendon, but they do not win it. They do not get a ring. They do not hang a banner if not for the heroics of Howie Kendrick. Congratulations to him on an excellent career at the major league level. Moving on, I'm going to decide to have a little bit of fun today. It is Christmas after all. I am currently rocking this recording while wearing a Santa hat, obviously podcasting an audio medium, so I don't have to, but hey, I I like to get into character. I'm a method actor, and I wanted to do a little list of who was naughty and who was nice in in Major League Baseball in 2020. I, I was thinking about just limiting it to the Detroit Tigers, but... Given what I think about that team and given the seasons they've had over the last several years, I think you know <laughs> there'd be a whole lot of naughty and very little nice, to be honest with you. Drafting Spencer Torkelson, that was nice there. there there's my little feather in the cap for the Detroit Tigers. But I'm, I'm talking about all of Major League Baseball. Who was naughty? Who was nice this year in this very tumultuous year and very tumultuous season? We're going to start off with the naughty list and we're going to end by being a little bit nice. Christmas is the season of giving, and I'm going to give a little bit of niceness to the people who I felt really took over Major League Baseball for the better in 2020, but I am going to start with the naughty list, and I'll start up front with the person that obviously everyone knows would probably be on this list, and that's Rob Manfred, the not-so-fearless leader 
of Major League Baseball. Look, I, I have said from the beginning that I root for Mod- Rob Manfred, and I will continue to. I, I hope he turns this thing around and succeeds, and I'll even, I'll even be more honest with you. I'm an honest boy. When he was initially hired, I liked what he was doing. I liked the uh, addressing of some of the problems in Major League Baseball with the pace of play. To be honest, I still don't have a, a big problem with a lot of it. Like, I think the, the three batter minimum was stupid, but, like, heart is in the right place there, I feel like. Like, I, I get what they were going for. The I love baseball to death, but baseball should not be trying to appeal to people like me because I'm never going to leave. I'm always going to be a huge fan. It's made to appeal to people who are on the fringe, and I think baseball is a sport that needed to move at a bit of a quicker pace. So I, I didn't really have a problem with some of those, but it was obvious, you know, there was a crisis in Major League Baseball this year. There was a crisis throughout the world with the COVID-19 pandemic, and he fumbled it completely uh, with what he said following the Astros cheating scandal and then how they handled the labor negotiations. It was an absolute disaster, and that leads me to the second uh, person or people on this naughty list, and that's the Major League Baseball owners. Uh, I thought, what a, what a pathetic showing they had all throughout 2020, especially during the labor negotiations. And I talked about them a whole lot, but as you know, is tradition, I, I'm, I'm nothing if not honest here. Uh, even I'm still kind of confused by some of it. You know, I, I, I said until I was blue in the face, I'm not going to repeat it, but you guys know how I, how I feel. You guys know that I believe that this was a great opportunity for Major League Baseball that was completely, completely squandered, and I put a lot of that on the owners. I am not someone who believes that the players were all saints in this particular arena, especially near the end when they dropped the whole tell us when, tell us where thing, and then initially, and then came back and said, no, we reject that offer. I thought that was a bit ridiculous, but the stubbornness by the owners from the jump was startling. And it's been made even more worse. I, I got to talk about this. It's been made even worse by the fact that now you have several owners, including Chris Illich, who have come out and basically claimed poverty. Oh, God, the losses. We lost so much money with this shortened season. We can't spend it all. What are we going to do? Oh, wait, what's that? Another million dollars just fell across my lap. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. We're, we're so poor. Please mourn for us. It's like, hey, if you would have played a 140-game season with full prorated pay, you might have made a little bit more dough on the side here. With the TV deals and broadcasting deals, like you could have made a little bit more, but you chose to to cry poverty this whole time. You screwed over a lot of players. I haven't even gotten into what they did to minor leaguers, which is borderline criminal. I mean, other people handle that a lot better than I do. Emily Walden does a, does such a great job covering minor leaguers uh, for Detroit. I, I think more, smarter people than me can cover that stuff, but they, they mishandled this whole thing. You know, that's kind of a one-two punch between the owners and Rob Manfred, who are kind of in cohorts this whole time. It was so ugly, and I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Now, I am, I'm a huge fan of baseball. I will always be a huge fan of baseball, but what went down this season— it made me love baseball less, and it's going to be hard for me to kind of get that juice back, to be honest with you. There was a part of my enjoyment of this game that was squandered with what happened in 2020. The last person who's on the naughty list is Justin Turner of the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know the story at this point. Tested positive for COVID in, I believe, the seventh inning of Game 6 of the World Series came back onto the field without a mask while positive for COVID and was celebrating with his teammates. Now, I talked about this, and in a way, I defended it a little bit because I did think it was a human decision, a guy who'd worked his butt off to get to that point and didn't want that taken away from him 
because of COVID. But at the same time, I also said you knew the job was dangerous when you took it. You knew that this kind of stuff was potentially going to go down. I'll say this, though, and I'm fine with the Dodgers winning the World Series. I was happy for Clayton Kershaw. And I also wonder if the Rays would have won that game, which they would have if Kevin Cash wouldn't have made that moronic decision to pull Blake Snell. I do wonder how Major League Baseball would have handled things if there would have been a Game 7. I think it would have been delayed, and we would have gotten the ultimate Game 7, which is essentially several days off. We probably would have had a Kershaw versus Morton or Bueller versus Morton type showdown. I think that would have been cool, but that's, you know, I'm going off into fantasy land here. Really ugly showing. I mean, that's what I said. The optics of it were really ugly. Heart of the pandemic. You have a guy out there celebrating on the field with his teammates. I understand the motivation. I I really do. And, And I think some people were a little bit hyperbolic in their contempt for what he did. But given where we were as a country, that was so, so remarkably inconsiderate of him to be able to do that. So when we come back, I'm going to talk about who was nice, who was good in 2020 in Major League Baseball. We will be right back. Are you ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive 50% of a welcome bonus for your first deposit Bet online, your online sportsbook. The improved built bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And built bars are healthy. Built bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. The holidays are about giving, so I'm giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Lockdown Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red-hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Lockdown Bets today, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, everybody. So for the last segment before we head into Christmas here in 2020, the nice list. Who was good in Major League Baseball in 2020? And I'm going to start off with the guy who murdered, murdered my team this year. Absolutely destroyed the Tigers in 60 games. Did more damage against... I mean, it was less than 60. I, I can't even remember how many games they played against the White Sox this year. Maybe maybe 10. I, I don't know, but destroyed them. But with that said, I think is one of one of my favorite players in the league. A guy who, to me, has taken over Javi Baez's spot as the most electric athlete in Chicago sports right now, and that's Tim Anderson. You know, a lot of people talk about a shortstop in San Diego, who I'm going to talk about here in just a second, but I think when you talk about growing the game, I think when you talk about personality and swagger and just being pretty much overall awesome, I love Tim Anderson to death. And I think that this is a guy who grows the game in so many ways. I love his competitive spirit. I love the swagger. I love the bat flipping. And, you know, I don't don't want to get negative here because this is the nice list. But I truly hope that with the hiring of Tony La Russa, 
we don't lose that from Tim Anderson because he, he is one of those guys, and he ruined, ruined the Major League debut of Tarek Skubal. He single-handedly tried to end Matt Boyd's career. I mean, he just went off at points this season. Had he have stayed a little bit healthier, may have been the frontrunner for the MVP, and that's coming from a guy whose own teammate ended up winning the award in a Jose Abreu. Tim Anderson is one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, I, I put him on the nice list, even though he's he has and will continue to murder my favorite baseball team. Second up on the nice list, and this will be very controversial because I know a lot of people hate this dude, but it's Trevor Bauer. You know, I, I, I use this phrase to describe Tim Anderson, but grow the game. I, I don't care what your allegiances are, and I don't care if you hate him, but you are wrong, simply wrong, to deny that Trevor Bauer is not the most interesting baseball player that we've seen, I mean, in a long time. I'm not saying you have to like him. I'm not saying you have to agree with what he does. I'm not saying you have to agree with how he goes about things on social media and on Twitter or on YouTube, whatever. But being interesting, you can't tell me that you haven't clicked on a Trevor Bauer YouTube video. And also, before I I go any further, no, this is not because he talked about me in the video with Clevenger and Fuzzy and John Boy. I, I really, I've liked Trevor Bauer for a long time, had an excellent year, and that's the thing. This year, he backed up all that stuff with his play. I mean, won the National League Cy Young. He was absolutely fantastic. A National League Cy Young that he absolutely deserved. He was awesome for Cincinnati in 2020, but the what he's doing, and I get a lot of people are rubbed the wrong way. They feel like he's kind of adding to that me, me, me generation, but Dallas Braden made a great point about this when they were talking about the labor negotiations, and that's that as owners and as GMs, these guys have money that will be rolling in until the day they die, and a lot of them have had, like Chris Illich, have had money coming to them since they were at a very young age. When you play Major League Baseball, you got a small window in your life. I mean, I know it might seem like a long time, but we're talking 10 to 15 years if you're good of money coming in. In the grand scheme of things, that's a short window, and you got to make the most of it. And is Trevor Bauer the best pitcher in baseball? No, I mean, he he, he was the best pitcher in the National League in 2020, but I look for guys who make the sport more fun. I look for guys who make the sport more interesting, and to me, Trevor Bauer fits that mold, quite frankly. The last person who made the nice list in 2020 is a guy who became my favorite player in baseball this year, and that's Fernando Tatis Jr., it's unbelievable what this guy was able to do in 60 games. I mean, you had the Slam Diego phenomenon, and uh, he had teammates, obviously, who contributed to that. Cronenworth from Michigan and Manny Machado, who had an excellent, excellent season. I mean, in the greatness that was Fernando Tatis, people overlooked how good Manny Machado was. He was probably the best player on that baseball team, but I, I think I'm pretty good, and I'm like this with movies as well. Pretty good at identifying stars. First time I watched Knives Out, I said, Ana Diarmas, she's going to be a huge star, and guess what? She's about to be. I see the same thing with Fernando Tatis. I think in the same way that kids wanted to be Derek Jeter when they were growing up, uh, kids growing up now are going to want to be like Fernando Tatis. Great personality, incredible player. Uh, backed it up with how he played in 2020. I mean, just uh, what he did in that series against the Cardinals. And, and this year was a crazy year. We're going to remember it because of COVID. We'll remember it for the year the Dodgers finally got over the top. But personally, outside of COVID, I will remember this year as the year that Fr Fernando Tatis almost single-handedly saved baseball because I was soured 
to this whole season early on. And I got kind of depressed because of it. I mean, I was depressed for other reasons as well, but it's it's disheartening when your favorite sport in the world just doesn't grab you the way it has in the past. And the way that this kid in that series against the Cardinals, especially in that second game, just took over that series, dude, it was electric. And the only thing that's going to make it more electric is when he's doing that at a, at a capacity stadium, at a capacity ballpark. I can't wait to see how he grows as a player. I, I said this after that game against the Cardinals. This guy's the most marketable player that baseball has seen in a long time. And you could talk about, oh, what about Trout? And, you know, there's a lot of arguments to be had. I disagree with Rob Manfred's idea of the players have to market themselves. But even so, and I'm not saying Tatis is even in the same ballpark as Mike Trout. Nobody is. But I'm just saying in terms of marketability, there's no one that I know who's who's better right now for Major League Baseball, and I really hope he catches on, and I really hope he continues to have the kind of MVP caliber seasons that he had in 2020. I love Fernando Tatis Jr. All right, so that will do it for today's show, and that will do it for this week's worth of shows. We will not be recording on Christmas. Like I said, you can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. Been on a social media cleanse, which I will continue to be on, but you are welcome to follow me there. I may occasionally update people with maybe my movie reviews or stuff like that. And You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts. Give me a little Christmas gift. Leave a positive five-star review of this program. It would be much much appreciated. Now, I know that this has been a difficult year, and it's been a difficult year for me. It's been a difficult year for a lot of people. Enjoy Christmas, guys, and I know it may not be the Christmas you wanted with the sanctions wherever you are regarding COVID, but you got friends and you got family, and hold them close, and I'm going to. One thing, if there's any good that's come out of this year, I have learned to appreciate the people that I have in my life more than ever. I love them to death, so please do that, and if you enjoy your Christmas, that will be the best gift that anyone could possibly have given me. So thank you very much for tuning in today, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great Christmas, and go Tigers.